Welcome back to the Global Digital Banker. My name is Adele Grissoff and this is RFI Group's Insight Back podcast focused on key trends, thought leadership and best practice within the fast-growing and dynamic world of digital banking. On today's episode, we speak to some of Canada's largest banks to see how they're addressing the evolving needs of Canadian consumers, their changing channel preferences, and their perspective on potential regulatory changes in the market. Guests include Rania Llewellyn, Executive Vice President, Global Business Payments at Scotiabank, and Andrew Irvine, Head of Customer Solutions, Canadian Personal and Business Banking at BMO Financial Group. First up, we hear from Rania Llewellyn, who shares the market segment that they'll be going after, how they keep across the changing needs of different consumer segments, and the recent changes in the Canadian payments infrastructure. It's my absolute pleasure to be joined by Rania Llewellyn, who is Executive Vice President, Global Business Payments for Scotiabank. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me today. So let's kick off with you just explaining briefly about your career and sort of how you've come to take on this position at leading uh, business payments division at one of Canada's biggest banks. Sure. So uh, I've been with Scotiabank for over 24 years, having uh, spanned uh, a pretty diverse career. Started off in the branch world as a teller, mm. moved into commercial banking, so frontline experience, whether it be small business, commercial or corporate, always customer facing. I was VP of Multicultural, so I launched a product offering to attract newcomers to Canada to Scotiabank. And that was uh, whether it was from payment solutions or whether it was uh, deposit solutions. So it was an entire uh, set for uh, attracting newcomers to Canada. Mm. And then I ran a business called Roynac Capital, which was a wholly owned subsidiary of the bank. And that was really running almost a little bank within the bank. And so had a great opportunity from an operational perspective to run a business uh, that was not just product development, but was also sales, risk management, and execution. And then uh, also uh, oversaw the strategic direction of the bank from a commercial banking perspective. And then I've been in in the business on the payment side, uh, supporting all of our business customers, small business, commercial, and corporate, designing their product solutions, their digital solutions, and really helping them with figuring out how do we optimize their cash flow over the last three years. So Mm. I've only been appointed a month ago, and so that was really a natural transition from the role that I've been playing over the last three years and really uh, that spanned over 24 years. Mm. And so what are the main changing customer needs within your particular segment that you're looking at? And what what is needed so that you can be offering the best customer experience for this consumer? Well, I would say that the changing needs really start with the consumer who are also the same individuals who are running their businesses or working in businesses. And so as consumers, we've all come to rely on our phones, our mobile devices. We've come to rely on getting information faster, cheaper, more reliable. And so those changing needs have really put a lot of pressure on the changing needs of businesses as well. And so by looking at it from a customer lens, we're trying to really simplify things, easy to find, easy to use, fully accessible, and that will improve the experience for businesses, which will ultimately then uh, improve the experiences for customers. Because as advisors to our businesses and suppliers and partners, we're part of that value chain. So if we make it better for our businesses, we're ultimately making it better for their consumers as well. Mm. And with the payment side of it specifically, how much do you think that is a strategic part of what your customers are doing, particularly on the SME side? 
So payments is the bloodline of any business. Mm -hmm. Payments is really the inflow of cash. It's what do I do with my cash when it's sitting with the bank and it's the outflow of cash. So how am I collecting money from my customers as a receivables? How am I paying my suppliers? How am I paying my employees? So cash flow is really the bloodline of any organization. So really payments is at the heart of everything that they do. And how do you stay connected to their needs in this space? So one thing that we've done over the last three years is that we started designing our products by putting the customer at the center of everything that we do. And by designing products, it's actually looking at it from an end-to-end perspective. So it's not just the functionality of the product, but ensuring how are we onboarding our customers, how are we making sure our customers are using and interacting with our products, how are we processing payments, and how are we sustaining the servicing of our customers. And so what we started doing is we do a lot of focus groups we bring in we do something called customer journey mapping so we bring in our customers to to map out the journeys for each of our solutions to ensure that you know we are confirming what we understand how they're using our products and services for even our digital channel we go on site and we watch our customers and their different divisions using our digital channel and see how they're interacting with that Mm. digital channel and so That's amazing feedback that we get. And then by adopting Agile, we've been able to start also pivoting. So even after we launch something, if our customers come back and say, well, can you introduce this new functionality? That's also a customer change that's happened. So if you look at your your iPhone, for example, how many iOS upgrades do you get? Mm. That's really how we've started launching our products too, is that it may not be perfect on day one, but based on your feedback, we're going to keep improving and and launching new uh, functionality and new improvements to our customer experience. The other thing too we have is we have internally, we have a client advisory forum and we use them as their, our sounding boards to test new solutions. Are we on the right path? Will this solve key issues for you? And so really putting the customer at the center of everything that we do has really transformed the way we deliver our solutions. And have you seen a shift then? Because payments, as you said, is, is so integral to how the business is going to run. Have you seen a shift in them seeing payments as you know something that they just need to do, as opposed to payments being part of their overall strategy for growth and innovation and that sort of thing? So I would say it depends on the size of the company. For a small business, I would say that they just want the payments to work, just like a consumer. The payment is just enables you to purchase a product or to make a payment. And so nobody thinks about how it happens, how fast it happens. They just want it to work. It's kind of like when you're using your credit card, you just want it to work. That's a payment solution. So I don't think there's a lot of thought put into that until it doesn't work. Yeah. (laughs) But I would say on the medium and large corporates, it is a strategic imperative as to how they should be thinking about their payments because there's a lot of pressures to create efficiencies. And so we can leverage technology and payment solutions to create those efficiencies, whether it be, you know, providing more data with the payment, Mm. which will allow for reconciliation and savings in your accounting department and your treasury department. So depending on the size of the company, I think, you know, I think there's an opportunity for our salespeople and our frontline people to provide advice and counsel, depending on the segment that they're dealing with, on how different payment solutions will help them optimize their cash flow. Yeah. So like anything, it's customizing that offering to to the customer. And so there is quite a lot of change going on in the Canadian payments infrastructure, Mm -hmm. which is very exciting. And I know there's a lot of of our international listeners are looking quite closely at the developments that are going on with the payment modernization process that Payments Canada is is heading up. So can you explain more about what you think the impacts are going to be on yourselves as an institution and on your customers? 
I think the the movement around modernizing payments is not new to uh, it's new to Canada, but it's not new globally. Yeah, uh, it's it's a massive global movement that's happening, and so I would say that in Canada. Our ambitions are quite significant relative to our counterparts. So one of the key, there are three key pillars, I would say. Number one is we are replacing our high value system, which again is kind of the boring piping that needs to happen. Our system is over almost 20 years old. So again, from a from a customer perspective, as long as it's stable, reliable, and secure, that's really piping. I think the biggest change is going to be around real-time rail. And real-time rail is the ability to get payments faster. They're irrevocable versus, you know, is that going to go through or is it not? And then more importantly, the data that comes that will be traveling with that payment. So if you think of your personal bank account, for example, when you get a deposit and you just see the amount and you're not really sure who sent that deposit, then you call your bank and you're trying to reconcile with that data traveling with every payment, it's just going to be create a lot more richness to yeah. be able to track and create some more cash flow efficiencies for any consumer to kind of try to figure that out. So I think that is going to transform our business. One of the key initiatives that our bank, as well as 170 other banks, have participated in with SWIFT is called GPI, which is the Global Payment Initiative. And um, we're going to go live with that in Q4. And the way we look at it is it's almost the FedEx model. So when you send a wire... Uh, being able to track where that wire is in the process. Because right now there's lack of transparency, to be honest, within the banks and outside of the banks. And more importantly, it's not in the consumer's hand. Mm. So I think access to data, a lot more transparency. It'll be faster. uh, It'll be more data rich. That is really going to transform the landscape, both in Canada. And then when things are standardized on the payment front, which is the ISO 2022, that's also going to allow us to improve our cross-border payments, which will initiate, I mean, we're a country, which will also help support our businesses in terms of being able to access those markets and have some consistency when we're dealing with those trading partners. Mm, Absolutely. I think from a Canadian modernization point of view, although real-time faster payments has been a reality for some markets for a while, I've sort of heard that you kind of benefit from being a fast follower. So you sort of you're in a position now where you can achieve that, but you've got the additional data elements. You can be adding stuff so that what you're creating is a bit more innovative, which is exciting. You mentioned about sort of cross-border payments, which brings me on really nicely to the next question, which how far down the road do you think we are in terms of exploring the real impacts of blockchain? And are you positive about its impacts? So I would say blockchain, it's been kind of one of those words that everyone's been talking to. And and there's been a lot of press attention over the last couple of years. Within Scotiabank, we have uh, a digital factory and within our digital factory, we have a dedicated team that is just dedicated to working on blockchain. So mm. figuring out what are the applications of blockchain. We participated and partnered with Ripple on doing some research elements. We participated with the Bank of Canada and some other regulators to try to figure out what are the applications when it comes to blockchain. We've applied some blockchain technology within our bank as well to create some efficiencies. Um, so I would say it's definitely on the radar in terms of how far along it's one of those things that I think is also going to unfold over the next few years. And it'll depend on how the payments modernization fits into what blockchain has to offer. It's interesting that it is impacting this particular segment that you're working on so much in terms of the best use case that's actually solving a problem, which I think is what blockchain has struggled with in the press is not just being used for no reason as opposed to it's fixing a problem that's there rather than just it can do it. And with so much 
technological innovation and, you know, regulatory changes and, and sort of infrastructure changes, it's an exciting time to be in financial services. So what excites you most? So so if you hear our, our CEO talk, he would say that this is the most exciting time to be in banking because we really view ourselves as a technology company that just happens to be in the financial industry space. Mm. And so whether it's partnering with fintechs or whether it's, you know, investing in venture capital, looking at blockchain technologies, it, it's one of those things where at the end of the day, banking is such a personal thing mm. and money is such a personal thing, whether it's for a consumer or it's for a business. And so being a trusted advisor and, and being in that position provides us with a lot of ability to help solve for a lot of those issues and solutions and looking at ways that we can kind of leapfrog the competition or what innovative solutions can we come up with to solve for that problem. So it's fast it's furious. Uh, it's, it's been a fantastic ride over the last couple of years, and I think it's going to be an even more exciting time over the next few years. Mm, well, thank you so much. Very inspirational end there, but uh, it was fantastic to hear from you. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thank you very much. Next, we hear from Andrew Irvine, who discusses the various technologies impacting the customer experience, how they educate customers on new innovations within the business, and his perspective on the potential regulatory changes in Canada. I'm really pleased to be joined by Andrew Irvin, Head of Customer Solutions for Retail and Business Bank for BMO, Bank of Montreal in Canada. So thanks so much for joining us, Andrew. Thanks for having me, Sarah. So why don't you kick off by just telling us a bit about yourself and, and your position at BMO? Yeah, basically I look after our retail and business bank here in Canada and, uh, and my job is to provide our employees with the tools and the capabilities to exceptionally advise and serve our clients in both those, those businesses. And so you mentioned about employees, so how big is the team that you're running here? Well, our retail and business bank in Canada is probably 13,000, 14,000 people. Wow. Yeah. And we'll come back to, I want to talk more about sort of how you ensure you're employing the right people to be driving innovation. Yeah, sure. I think that's an important part yeah. of the piece. but. Firstly, can you tell me a little bit about some of the technologies you're seeing that you think are really impacting the customer today? I always start with what are the needs mm. that customers are talking about? How are those evolving? And then how are we trying to best meet those evolving needs? And so when I look at the banking landscape in Canada and what our customers are telling us, they're telling us a few things. One is they want to bank on their basis yeah. you know and they don't want to be constrained by historical constraints that maybe one would have considered when banking yeah. so access to branch hours of operations mm. and so they want to do things on their own self-serve if that's what they prefer they want to be able to go and see a knowledgeable and caring human being in a branch if that's what yeah. they desire and they want all of those choices available to them if they want to make a call, what have you. And that's quite uh, clear and reasonable. And there are lots of perceptions that, for example, millennials don't uh, necessarily want to walk into a branch yeah. and talk to people. And that may be true as a generalization, but we know for a fact millennials are just as likely to want in-person advice for big decisions as their parents. Mm. If they're thinking of buying a house, if they're thinking of 
starting a, a savings plan. They want to talk to people yeah. just like their parents might. They want the advice. They want the totally. comfort that it brings, totally. right? Yeah. Advice still matters. Mm. But I think more and more the transactional elements of banking are better done on a self-serve basis and they want that to be easy and intuitive. Yeah. And so there, what we clearly are hearing is that consumers want the frictionless, easy, intuitive experiences that they maybe experience in other parts of their lives, mm. i.e. social or purchasing through e-commerce. They want it to be that easy to do their banking. Yeah. And we need to enable that. So you've obviously got a massive customer set. So it's not just the entire retail bank, it's the business bank as yeah. well. So can you talk a bit more about the difference in the needs between those sets as well? Yeah. On the retail side, we have seven, eight million clients in yeah. Canada. On the business side, that's one of our real strengths. Yeah. BMO is at its core a really rich and powerful business partner for clients. Uh, we have the second largest market share and we're really good at it. And what our clients on the business side want, obviously, is a deep and trusted relationship. They don't want surprises. They want to know who their uh, relationship manager is. They want continuity in their relationship manager mm. to bring them new ideas and advice to help them run their business better and help them grow. And that's hardest to do on the small end. I've been personally vocal on the topic that small business clients haven't been well served by banks generally, yeah. and they want more. And we at BMO are trying incredibly hard to reimagine our capabilities to serve small business clients better mm. uh, so that we can help them grow into whatever those owners want their businesses to be. So what are some of the tangible solutions and technologies out there? I think access to capital for a small business yes. is a big deal. And banks have been difficult, I would argue, to access capital. It's often a time-consuming process, paper-intensive, and frankly, mysterious yeah. and high friction. And I think really moving to a place where the experience of actually getting capital for a small business client, it shouldn't be unlike applying for a credit card. Mm. If you're talking about 30, 50, 80, $100,000 of need, I think we know enough about our clients and prospects to be able to simply adjudicate them in a very different paradigm. And I think they, they really are looking for that. So why aren't we there yet? What needs to happen to make that service the best? It well, can I be? think we're getting there. Right. Uh, I think some of the capabilities we've seen on the fintech side have really increased the velocity mm. and the need for incumbents to, to match those capabilities. The, the thing that is very clear is banks have capital. We have money, uh, we have embedded relationships, we have distribution. Uh, and so if we can make it easier and simpler, uh, we really can help our clients. Mm. And you mentioned fintech there, and you were prior to this role, sort of heading up innovation and That's partnerships right, yeah. for a long time. So can you talk more about BMO's position there and how you're looking to work with other players yeah, in the totally. ecosystem? We think fintechs are terrific. Let's get that out of the table first. I think there was a view three, four years ago that fintechs were going to be this great disruptive force and that banks needed to fear mm. uh, fintechs. And I think what we've seen is that fintechs are a force for good in terms of accelerating capabilities for clients. Yeah. And they bring innovation, they bring speed to market, but they actually also in oftentimes need what banks also have. They need distribution 
They need brand names. Mm. They need trust. Um, they need regulatory know-how. We have those things. BMO's been around for 200 years. And so our view is it's about better together. Mm. And trust is becoming ever more important. And we're bastions of that. There's nothing we, we have more than trust. That's what banks are. It's a safe place to put your money and to borrow from. And unfortunately, we've seen examples where some others haven't been as good stewards of client information and and trust and money. And so that's a big thing that we bring to the party. So regulation-wise, there's obviously a lot of of different movements happening globally. Canada, I think, believe that there's conversations around open banking from regulators, but not sort of set in stone. For our global listeners, sort of what's your perspective on that? And... um, how do you how important do you think these regulatory changes are well i mean we've been keenly observing what's yes. happening in europe with psd2 we see lots of benefits to consumers of financial services of a more open banking paradigm mm-hmm. you know gives more power to our clients to be able to choose who gets access to their data and has fewer walled gardens if you will yeah. so that there's more possibility But there's also real risk here. Mm. And our regulator in Canada has been very clear that we need to understand what those risks are and manage them very thoughtfully. I wanted to talk about educating the customer. So when you're coming up with these new innovations, when you're working with fintechs, how are you then putting that out to the market to get customers to understand? Well, I think the first thing we need to do is uh, solutions need to be highly intuitive. Yeah. At the same time, I think having conversations with our clients Uh, speaking with them regularly. Like we should have a robust conversation with every client that we have once a year. Mm. Really having a good needs-based conversation. And then in the interim, the day-to-day elements of banking should be simple, intuitive, and done based on the customer's preference. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That's the paradigm that we seek to operate in. Yeah. And and that even your technology-driven experiences feel very human. Because if your technology experiences are good, but they're passionless or dry, that doesn't drive engagement either. Well, thank you so much for joining us. A great insight into one of Canada's biggest and most successful banks. Thanks for having me on the show, sir. We hope you enjoyed the episode this week. To view the show notes from this episode, head to globaldigitalbanker.com. To get in touch with us, check us out on Twitter at Podcast or on Facebook under Global Digital Banker Podcast. If you're interested in being a part of the show or would like to let us know what you think of this episode, email us at gdbpodcast at rfigroup.com.